0: Greetings, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Happy Wednesday. Today we make preparation for the fulfillment of an announcement that came earlier in the week. Pope Francis is going to meet with none other than Uncle Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. And it will be next week at the end of the week on Friday. So a week from Friday, Pope Francis will meet with Biden at the Vatican We're going to give you a little bit of rules retrogrades analysis on this today. There's some things that you shouldn't miss or forget. But first, I want to just open up the show by thanking all of you who watch this show. I want to encourage you to hit like, subscribe, click the notification bell, leave a comment. Also, if you want to support the show, go to Patreon, Timothy J. Gordon. We have that new Patreon tier, the $20 tier. Called the St. Luke Singles Society, that was uh, uh, excitement. It created a big splash on Monday when I announced it. This is where Christian uh, Catholic, sorry, I've had uh, you know Match.com or whatever uh, beaten into my head. Catholic singles can meet one another, and already know that they're pre-sorted. The pool in that twenty-dollar tier, the St. Luke Singles Society, will be neither too broad nor too narrow because you already know you're meeting a fellow retrograde. So find that on my Patreon page, Timothy J. Gordon. Also, of course, it would be great if you could purchase the case for patriarchy, which is like the centerpiece, or ought to be considered that anyway, of the St. Luke Singles Society. This is the idea behind Christian vocation of the lay sort. Patriarchy, that is what a family is. I make The Case for Patriarchy, my new book, which came out last week, I think in a rather strong form. It's creating big waves. I'm hearing more feedback from the ladies and the men. Everyone's loving it. You can get The Case for Patriarchy at sophiapress.com or at, of course, amazon.com. The Case for Patriarchy ought to guide the way you both date, conduct your early marriage, And middle and late marriage, where you might have some tooling up to do. The case for patriarchy is inevitable. Parish orphans and retrogrades. Finally, I urge you, if you live in a blue state, to go to realestateforlife.org. Get from a blue state to a red state. I went from the bluest of the blue to the reddest of the red. California to Mississippi. And my living situation and my family's living situation drastically improved. It's really important for my iteration of Republican theory to get to a state where you agree with your neighbors and you know you do, even if you haven't met them. Do that today. Get from the bluest of the blue to the reddest of the red by going to realestateforlife.org. All right. So, the article that I'm treating of today, I I like to give credit, even when it's a a crummy rag like America Magazine, it's to cite, of course. And uh, this article is called Joe Biden to meet Pope Francis at the Vatican on October the 29th. President Joe Biden will meet Pope Francis at the Vatican on October the 29th. The White House announced last Thursday a meeting that could create awkwardness ahead of a November meeting of U.S. bishops in Baltimore who are expected to approve a document That could take aim at Catholic politicians who deviate from church teaching on abortion. Note the verbiage. A document that could take aim at Catholic politicians who deviate from church teaching on abortion. If this ain't a euphemism, I don't know what it is. Taking aim is is a dysphemism. It's the opposite of a euphemism. It makes it sound like someone's doing something violent to Catholic American politicians who are pro-murder. Pro-legalized murder, and instead of saying uh, the quiet part loud, they say who deviate from church teaching on abortion. You mean you mean who are pro-murder? Yes. So so let me get this straight: by cracking down on Catholic politicians who are pro-murder, we're taking aim at them, or the the USCCB if it favored this conservative uh, position. Would be taking aim at at such politicians, a violent metaphor. But those pro-murder politicians themselves who favor abortion, legal murder, are not taking aim at human babies in the womb. They are just deviating on church teaching on abortion. Okay, I get it. Now remember, this is a, a middle November meeting in Baltimore. Church Militant will be out there protesting it. There will be another Catholic men's group, at least one, that I know of, uh, Mr. Jim Havens I spoke to yesterday, a Catholic radio man in the Northeast, will be out there leading a march as well. He'll probably sync up with Voris at some point. And who knows, I might even make an appearance, we're talking about that, to to let the USCCB know, Canon 915 needs to be enforced, which is Jim Havens' group's main celebrated cause Canon 915 needs to be enforced excommunicate and take away the Eucharist from politicians like sleazy Uncle Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi who also just met with the Pope Um, I'll continue on this American magazine's treatment of the expected meeting of uh, Pope Francis and Joe Biden next Friday. In a statement about the meeting White House Press Secretary Jan Pisaki wrote that they will discuss working together on efforts grounded in respect for fundamental human dignity, hard to do when you favor the largest genocide in the history of mankind, abortion, uh, including ending the COVID-19 pandemic, tackling the climate crisis, and caring for the poor. They always like that, that caring for the poor and the climate, the climate uh, psyop because it's something they can come together on. Pope Francis is in a jam. He wants to be buddies with uh, Joe Biden. And we're going to see warm outpouring of love and and fellow feeling between Francis and Biden. That's what I expect in nine days. Just as we saw in the photo op as between Francis and speaker uh, and Nancy Pelosi. But, you know, it's going to be tough because like Pelosi, Biden is so enthusiastically pro-murder. First Lady Jill Biden will accompany Mr. Biden during his visit to the Vatican, which will be his first since becoming president. The two previously met when Mr. Biden was vice president. Biden will be in Rome to attend the G20 Leaders Summit held October the 30th to 31st before traveling to Glasgow, November 1st to 2nd, to take part in the World Leaders Summit at the start of the COP26 climate change gathering, which Francis likes that. He likes that a lot. Um, okay. Now, earlier this month, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi participated in a Vatican meeting and was received in a private audience by Pope Francis. You guys remember that? Sure you do. It was an outrage. Images of Mr. Biden and Ms. Pelosi being received warmly by Pope Francis and other Vatican officials may create awkwardness at some U.S. bishops as some U.S. bishops ratchet up confrontations with the two political leaders over their support for legal abortion. Well, why shouldn't it? If we had a picture of one of the popes warmly greeting, you know, take your your famous, what are your favorite famous example of a murderous world leader from history and insert into the blank, then you get the, the picture, right? Pope Pius XII. If he had warmly greeted Hitler or Stalin, you know, murderous thugs in charge of uh, one of the two most powerful countries in the world at the time, then we would would be ashamed by it. So of course it's going to create awkwardness. Mr. Biden's Vatican meeting will come just a couple of weeks before US bishops meet for their fall meeting, during which they're expected to vote on, guess what America Mag calls this, a controversial statement about the Eucharist. I'm going to pause here for a second. The controversial statement about the Eucharist makes reference to canon law, uh, at glancing blows, canon 915, the expectation that ordinaries and archbishops and bishops will mandate compliance, spiritually speaking, from Catholic politicians. They can't do so from non-Catholic politicians, but they will mandate a kind of compliance or else these Catholic politicians will find themselves in a canonically irregular situation where they can't go and receive the Eucharist. This is anything but new. This is anything but bizarre. This is anything but... Uh, unorthodox. This is has always been the Catholic teaching, the way it interacts with heads of state who are Catholic who aren't meeting muster. And it is anything but controversial. Let me say that. This is ordinary. This is the norm. For Catholic bishops, and I mean, we're, we're talking even, you know, think Charlemagne over a thousand years ago. Catholic bishops and ordinaries who interact with the most powerful secular leaders in the world who are Catholic, they have maybe not power over such secular leaders, but influence. There's a difference, parish orphans and retrogrades, between power on the one hand and influence on the other. It's almost like a distinction of degree. Influence can be so important if one holds a great amount of influence over... Another person, A over B, for instance, that it feels like power. So the bishop or ordinary of Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's is Archbishop uh, Cordelione, it, it is so much influence that it could feel like power. There's nothing controversial about this. This is what the church is given to us on earth to do, to not mandate, but to impel our compliance as lay people. And that includes our leaders to impel a kind of compliance to goodly behavior. That's not controversial at all. And yet, of course, America Magazine calls it a controversial statement about the Eucharist, saying the Eucharist can't be received by uh, formal cooperators with murder. This is not, this is anything but controversial. Okay, I'll continue. Earlier this year, the bishops voted to move ahead with drafting the statement with some caveats that were disappointing, during the roughly two hours of contentious debate, some bishops said that the potential document would uh, would politicize the Eucharist. Hmm. Remember, at the time, I said, "If that's what you call it, fine. It's not a bad thing. But if if you have to call it that, and to some extent, you are in the ancient Greek sense, you're politicizing the Eucharist. Not that it's a bad thing, to tell uh, murderous." Politicians, that you you have to sit this out. You can't receive the Eucharist. While some bishops said that the potential document uh, would, uh, sorry, while while others said Mr. Biden's support for abortion rights made such a statement even more urgent. And what, what these conservative ones were saying is, this doesn't go far enough. And so were many of us in Catholic media or what have you. Ultimately, bishops voted overwhelmingly in favor of drafting the document with some with some pretty weak flitty language in there as well. But they did they did ratify the thing. The head of the US Bishops Pro-Life Committee, who pushed the drafting of the document, called Mr. Biden's support of abortion rights. This is America magazine. This is a Catholic rag. And it it's a Jesuit. And it calls. It calls abortion a right. He, he says it's sad in an October the 8th interview. Of course it's sad, but it's ultimately sad for these victim fetuses and it's going to be sad for Mr. Biden. Okay. This is bad stuff. Let me look at something else here. I wanted to make a point. Um, so... It's sad because uh, Biden's going to be out of luck. Remember, the, the, the church's role, I guess it's a point as simple as saying, the church's role is also not, not just corporal works of mercy, but spiritual works of mercy. And the first one is correcting a sinner, particularly an old guy like Biden. It's a work of mercy to tell him, look, you have to stop this. You have to repent, make your ways better, reverse your position on abortion, and you still can be saved. But if you don't, you know what happens. He likes to call himself a devout Catholic. I would urge him to begin to act like one, especially on the life issues. Archbishop Joseph Nauman told EWTN, and to let his faith really inform his conscience and the decision that he's making decisions that he's making, not the platform of his party. Mr. Biden may find a friendlier reception among church leaders in Rome than at home a phenomenon that dates back to the earliest days of his presidency again america mag's just rooting right along for abortion abortion rights biden pelosi the dems globalism what you name it they support it it is quite pathetic i only read america mag for shows like this a few times a year and it is quite a spectacle to read the dysphemisms against what is goodly and the euphemisms covering for what is impious, and it's it's quite a scandal. I, I, I'm, I can honestly tell you guys I feel legitimately scandalized to be reading such uh, yellow journalism. It's really odd. I'll continue. On the day of his inauguration, the head of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops released a statement that some church leaders described as confrontational. Even it, it, it was rumored this went up to the Vatican, who was characterizing such language is confrontational. That statement was criticized by some U.S. bishops and reportedly drew the ire of Vatican officials, they, they cover what I just said, who released a warmer statement highlighting possible areas of agreement between the new administration and the church. In March, Archbishop Gomez announced that a special working group of bishops, which he convened shortly after the November 2020 election to focus on the new administration, had concluded its work. Yep, abortion's murder. The idea of drafting a document about the Eucharist, which will be voted on this November, came from that group. I'm joking. I guess the document researched whether or not abortion is murder and whether or not it ought to preclude one from the Eucharist. Well, are you allowed to receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin? And given the strictures of what is called scandal, public mortal sin, In the Catholic Church, when everyone knows someone is uh, scandalously committed to mortal sin, with a hard heart, like abortion or or, um, public adultery, being remarried after uh, getting a common law divorce, yes, the Eucharist must be taken away. I would say must. I would say must. Must. The church has always taught must. While a potential showdown between Mr. Biden and U.S. bishops has been brewing for months, I don't know what that means. What are they going to do? Like fight each other? Cardinal Wilton Gregory, the Archbishop of D.C., has thrown cold water on the notion that he would bar the president from communion. And the pastor of Mr. Biden's D.C. church has said he would not weaponize the Eucharist. Now remember, Cardinal Wilton Gregory, he is the soft, soft, soft-shoed man. Right, so we're not expecting him to throw cold water on the the I don't know embroiled passions of an abortion enthusiast like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi. No, he doesn't want to. He doesn't care about that. But he does want to throw cold water on the notion that he would even consider barring the president from communion. Don't weaponize the Eucharist. I don't know what that. I mean. Yeah, the Eucharist actually is a weapon of sorts. And so to wield it that way is not weaponizing. It's just acknowledging, yeah, it's a weapon. It's, it's a means, let's say, parish orphans and retrogrades, of exercising influence. Biden can't weaponize U.S. bombs. They're already weapons. Well, the Eucharist is already a, a weapon. The bombs are instrumentalities of, of uh, power. The Eucharist, even naturally, I'm not talking about the beautiful ontological meaning of it, body, blood, soul, divinity of Christ. I mean, naturally, it is a, it's already a weapon of influence. How do we know? Because of Canon 915. So don't say weaponized. That means that there's some transmogrification happening, some transmutation. There's no change. The Eucharist is meant to be for natural purposes and has always been at least as far as Canon 915 goes back, as a kind of weapon of influence. So quit lying, America magazine. Stop lying. Stop using dysphemisms and euphemisms that suit your duplicitous narrative. I I mean, you know how this works. You guys get how this works. It's all lies. Everything's a psyop. Bishop William Koenig, who was installed as head of Diocese of Wilmington, Delaware, this summer, has sought to avoid the question altogether. What a brave man. I mean, Neville Chamberlain. A bunch of Neville Chamberlains in our midst, you know? As as, uh, Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza bandy together in the coffee shop, saying, you know... Hitler could have dunked Neville Chamberlain's head in the toilet and he still would have given him half of Eastern Europe. This is, this is the kind of soft, tender, delicate, effete gentlemen we have, by and large, in the USCCB. They're either appeasers or, you know, head barriers, sand barriers. That's not a real thing. The people who bury their head in the sand sought to avoid the question altogether. But across the country America magazine continues. In San Francisco another bishop has escalated his criticism of the nation's second most politically powerful catholic. That would be Cordleoni, who is not being a guy who buries his head in the sand. In September, Archbishop Cordleoni, God God bless you, archbishop, issued a statement inviting all catholics to join in a massive invisible campaign of prayer and fasting for Speaker Pelosi he's asking us to pray for her, but not in a weak way. Commit, he says, to praying one rosary a week and fasting on Fridays for her conversion of heart. I like it. This week, the Benedict XVI Institute, whose board, Archbishop Cordelione Chairs, announced it would spend $50,000 on digital advertising featuring the Archbishop promoting the rosary campaign. Earlier this month, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Miss Pelosi was at the Vatican, where she participated in a meeting hosted by the Vatican dicastery for promoting integral human development. This is one of the most evil dicasteries in the entire curia, and she posed for a photo with, Card, uh, with Peter Cardinal Turkson. They wrote it wrong here. Who heads the office? I mean, Turkson could be could be the next pope. I've heard some I've heard some things about this guy privately, off channel that are real interesting. But he's, he's very papabile for whenever the next conclave is. Days earlier, Cardinal Turkson said in an interview that he did not support barring Catholic politicians from communion. Of course he didn't. Even if they take political positions that put them at odds with church teaching. The next day, Ms. Pelosi posted photos on Twitter from a private audience with Pope Francis, describing the meeting as a personal and official honor and calling Pope's leadership a source of joy and hope for Catholics and for all people challenging each of us to be good stewards of God's creation, to act on climate, to embrace the refugee, the immigrants, and the poor, and to recognize the dignity and divinity in everyone. Now, there's just so much wrong here theologically. And and it does, at this point in late 2020, this late in the game, seem a fair assumption to say they seem to be on the same page. So here's the point, guys. Let your bishops know that... Um, at the November meeting, we want to enforce Canon 915a. Let them know that we want Bishop, we want President Biden and we want Nancy Pelosi and all of the Catholic politicians who support a, a murder in the womb want them barred from the Eucharist. Let them know that we are willing to withhold charitable giving charitable donations to the church on this basis and then they're they're not going to respond because we've done so much saber rattling in the past that didn't eventuate anything they're not going to respond so quit giving your diocese money if you have a bishop you got to find out what was this position on this if you have a bishop that would support an abortionist politician it's this simple Abortion is going to be the issue that forces the divide that we already feel palpably here in America even wider. And it's going to be the issue in the American church that makes the, the, you know, that forces us to pick sides. I mean, I've already picked a side, everyone knows. I'm a talking head, I guess, but, and a writing pen. But people that are by nature cautious, hover close to the center, and these are not my people but you know there are temperaments like this they're going to be driven to one side or the other on the basis of abortion i mean politically and i mean ecclesially in the church in terms of church politics so francis meeting with biden next friday we need to make this thing a spectacle because it's going to be one anyway so we might as well have it out for what it is and let your bishop know that two weeks after that At the Baltimore meeting of the USCCB, they bring shame on the church and on their office by doing anything short of barring abortionist politicians from the Eucharist. This is very important. What a victory. Can you imagine with all of our losses, all of our losses, can you imagine the victory if Pelosi... And Biden got banned from the Eucharist? Now, I don't understand why why Cordelione, who's doing good work, hasn't just banned Pelosi from the Eucharist. I mean, he needs to do it. Good Archbishop, please take this unilateral action. Take the power into your own hands. It is real power. It's not just influence. The The action itself, Archbishop Cordelione, of, you know, I mean, platonically speaking, the platonic idea of the action of a bishop barring one of his sons, spiritually, from the Eucharist. This is an exercise in influence, but for you to do it here and now, and to say, you know what, I'm actually going to do it, I'm going to do it unilaterally, this is actually an exercise of power, not just influence. Let's see it done. What a victory. What a long-needed win for parish orphans and retrogrades. To see these two zeros, these two fell creatures, Pelosi and Biden, barred from the Eucharist. And then, we're not just trying to insult them, maybe they can turn a corner. Maybe they can be allowed by natural justice and divine justice to let the spirit operate on their soul. The, the paucity, the lack the yearning for the Eucharist to do its constructive rehabilitative work and say, make them turn a corner and say, I I need to stop supporting abortion and have a big public conversion. That that is what weaponizing the Eucharist does. It does good for Pelosi. It does good for Biden, hypothetically, considering that, that some bishop actually antis up and does it. It's good for the babies whose lives it'll save. It's good for the whole church. It's good for canon law. It's nice to see that the church can wield some influence slash power. And it has nothing but good effects. And the only opponents of this are evil. The only opponents of utilizing Canon 915 are evil. That's it, guys. Have a great day. Keep on this story, okay? Watch the meeting next late next week between biden and pope francis it's going to be interesting as we wind up for the november meeting of bishops in baltimore i might even go out there and march with with them i'm going to be at franciscan about a week and a half beforehand and i don't know if what well, will we come all the way back then rv up there because we we drive the rv everywhere when we travel we're not getting on planes and wearing masks no way it's cucked so we'll be in Franciscan, November the 3rd. If you're anywhere in the area, I will be speaking at 8 p.m. at Franciscan University. It's going to be a big talk. It's going to be really exciting. It's in support of the book, Case for Patriarchy. We'll probably come all the way back. Maybe I'll get up to Baltimore for the mid-November meeting. I'll let you know. If you're interested in Patreon and you're interested in the St. Luke Singles Society, become a $20 Patreon today and... Meet amazing retrograde singles. Deus Volt. The Lord wants this from us. God bless you guys. Stay strong. Keep your head on a swivel. Peace.